everybody. This is Dr. Bruce Pierce, and welcome to my next episode of the, my podcast, Women's Healthcare with Dr. Bruce Pierce. Today, I'm very excited. We have a very special guest. Um, today's guest has her master's degree in physical therapy from Thomas Jefferson University, and she currently still works at Connect Physical Therapy here in Hamilton, New Jersey, for the, at least the last five years, and most recently is an author of a book about male chronic pelvic pain syndrome and erectile dysfunction and prostate cancer, and it's called On the Sneak Tip and uh, the Male Pelvis Reveal. On the Sneak Tip, Male Pelvis Reveal. Please welcome Becca Ironside. Hi, Becca. Hi, thanks so much for having me here. How'd you like the intro? You liked the intro? It was good. It, was it correct? Was it accurate? Yes. I do my research. You know. All right. Hey, Becca. So this is kind of interesting for me because I usually do the podcast where, like, I guess I'm the expert and I'm the doctor and I'm talking to uh, a guest and we discuss a thing and then blah, blah, blah. But um, now we're, today we're talking about male pelvic pain, not female but male. So it's not even in my field of expertise. So I'm going to be more like the patient than the provider. And you're the provider. How's that sound? It's exciting. Isn't it, I'm excited because it's like a different perspective. Now, I think we discussed earlier about male, doing a male problem on a women's health care podcast. So, but I think we discussed Tell me if you if you recall that like women are the the drivers of the of healthcare for both themselves and their male partners. Is that correct? Yes. In fact, a study even revealed that male physicians are less likely to go to the doctor. So this is a, a male concern across the board. Well, present company included, because I <laughs> rarely go. I was my own doctor. What do I need it? But you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we don't go. No, uh, and and other men don't go, and and so I guess all the women out there, of course, ten percent of my listeners are male, by the way. So, but ninety percent are women yeah. for now. But so all everybody listening, who's a uh, a vulva owner, that's what we say now, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a vulva, uh, and has a uh, partner that's a penis owner. Um, and if I don't say that throughout the whole, forgive me, but uh, let them know so they could listen, so they could learn about male pelvic pain and how physical therapy is helpful. Yes. Does that sound good? Yes, it does. All right. So we, we laid the ground with. So uh, tell me about yourself. What, uh, what, how did you get here? How did you get to this field of male pelvic pain? I initially started... Um, working as a pelvic floor physical therapist with women. That's where most therapists actually start. A lot of the coursework in the beginning is geared towards women, and a lot of the attendance of the classes are women. So I began with that. I treated women for a few years, and I turned to my boss, Michelle De La Rosa, and I said, I'm interested in treating men. What's the difference between women and men and the pelvic floor? And she said, there's very little difference. If you can get around the penis and the testicles, a rectum is a rectum, and the muscles of the pelvic floor do much the same for men as they do for women. It's just there's very little awareness about it. See, that's interesting. So, of course, I knew you were coming today. and I'm in my, my office today um, in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, uh, and I'm talking to my staff about you coming in, and, you know, of course, I told them the topic, and they kind of gave me a funny face, like, why... It, men, men is not, it's not the same and men don't have problems like women do, uh, like pelvic pain and they don't have problems with, with urinary issues and things like that. What do you say to that? Um, if you were, if a man was speaking frankly to you, he would tell you that there are urinary issues galore with age, just including um, in prostate enlargement, which is very normal in at least 50% of the population past the age of 50. So your prostate starts to enlarge with age. It starts out as a walnut in your young man, and it grows to the size of an apricot. So what that will do is restrict urinary flow. And so a man will start to wake up in the night 
urinate many times. He'll have difficulty initiating a urinary stream. He'll have hesitancy. And so these problems are very prevalent. It's just that they aren't discussed to the same degree that female gynecological urinary and bowel issues are. The, an apricot, huh? <laughs> yes. And for some men, even a tennis ball. But that's the extreme. Right. So we hope not to see that. Right. Now, I guess a man, if he had these issues, might seek out a urologist or maybe their primary care, if, if at all, right? So, so yes. some, yes. you know, like we were saying before, you know, us men, we don't. Right. Yeah, we don't go to yeah, the right. doctor unless forced. Yes. <laughs> so, but if we did, uh, I guess we would see a urologist maybe for those yes. symptoms first. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the urologist says, all right, hey, here's some medicine. Here's some Flomax. Here's some Flomax mm -hmm. and have a good day. Yes. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't do everything and there's still right. residual issues. And so let's say that that same man gets the Flomax. He takes it. Things are marginally better. But then he realizes his erections just aren't the same. We could say erections, right? We're, are we allowed Can to? we? Well, this is your podcast. This is, that's right. <laughs> All right. Guess, and actually, I had a whole talk about sex already. So okay. we could say erection and vagina. Great. That's it. <laughs> okay. That's, and anything we want. Good. Um, you know, within as long as it's you know medically... Uh, related mm -hmm. right which yes. it is right? yes right so that same man yeah. is having issues with his pelvic floor that maybe were driven by the enlargement of the prostate right and that's impacting his erections so he might mention that to the urologist or he might get online and try to get his hands on some viagra and cialis and he might not discuss this with anybody and what we do know about erectile quality is that there are many other drivers that can influence it. Mm -hmm. So let's say the man has an underlying cardiac issue right. that's impacting the blood flow to the penis. Right. He's completely ignoring that issue by trying to treat himself. Aha. As we do. Yes. And, or diabetes, maybe. Yeah. Right. Another biggie. Diabetes. Yeah. Obesity. Yes. That's that's very prevalent here in the U.S. Yes, it is. Um, and I say U.S. because I have, as I mentioned before, many followers abroad in the in all throughout the the world, except for Antarctica. So if anybody's listening in Antarctica, please chime in because it's my only continent that's missing. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate everybody else though. All right, yeah. So. You're 100% correct. Um, so now if you're, I guess if you're a, a man, I'm, I'm saying men for the rest of the, you know, I said my penis owner, but now I'm mm -hmm. going to go. If you, right, you're a man and like myself and you're having, I guess, the, pro the number one probably cause would be, is it erectile dysfunction or is it pain? What's the number one reason men come to see you? Usually erectile dysfunction is the last thing they would seek us oh. for. They're not going to come out of the gate with that. Uh -huh. So I would say pelvic pain, uh, urinary changes, urinary mm. leakage, mm -hmm. bowel dysfunction, so constipation. We see more men with constipation than we see women. And I think in part it's that if you think about the pelvis of a woman, it needs to open up. For several activities, menstruation, periods, babies. Right. So we're used to opening our pelvises more. Men have very little reason to open their pelvises. We scrunch up. Yes. <laughs> so you see a lot of muscular tension. We're scrunchers. Yeah, hmm. for sure. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. So, all right. Okay, Becca. Um, <laughs> I'm a male. Who, I'm, I'm not going to tell you about my re erectile dysfunction yet. Uh, hypothetically, <laughs> but I have pain and I, and I went to the doctor and, um, they, you know, they did a bunch of tests and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm all right. I'm all right. My prostate's a little enlarged, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, my PSA is good. So they sent me to you. Okay. So, uh oh, what, 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 what does that mean? What, what, what do I have to do? What's going to happen to me? Right. Okay. So. A lot of the drivers for male pelvic pain, so that can be penile pain, testicular pain, 
rectal pain. A lot of that is driven by tight musculature. So if the doctors have run the battery of tests, they might have diagnosed this gentleman with something called prostatitis, mm-hmm. which is an alleged infection in the prostate. I say alleged because right. a vast majority of men don't have infections, and they get their a lot of them are given several rounds of antibiotics. So when that fails and the guy feels exactly the same, he comes to pelvic floor physical therapy and we start to address what's going on in the pelvis. So we would like to do an assessment of his pelvic floor muscles themselves, which can be very nicely done with biofeedback. Okay. So we What's put, that? Well, we put little sensors. Is that painful? No. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> Just checking. It's far less painful than the pain this man is experiencing. Right. So we put little electrodes on either side of the rectum, mm-hmm. and there's a computer screen. Okay. So we'll say to the man, okay, we want you to pull your testicles up and in. So we want to see how that man is able to engage the muscles. And then we say... Oh, with, without our hands. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, if you told me that, I'm like, oh, sure. No problem. I'll use my hands. I said this to a patient last week. I said, yeah. pull your nuts to your guts. And he says, with my hands. And I said, no, pretend you're going outside and there's a very cool breeze. Uh, that sensation uh, of pulling up. See, right? Becca, with us guys, you know, you have to speak slowly and be, and be, very, be very direct. <laughs> All right, okay. So once that gentleman has pulled his, uh, his, testicles and penis up using his muscles of his pelvis not his hands not his hands we then tell the man to relax his muscles Mm -hmm. and this is usually where we're going to find the problem is this inability to open and relax the pelvic floor muscles which can drive urinary leakage penile testicular pain and constipation and i'm talking about the constipation some of these people they have a bowel movement once every eight days so you can imagine if you're a man or a woman, how uncomfortable that would be. Yikes, yeah. It's a bad way to live. Yikes. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So take me, so let's, A, I want to, when you started saying things about uh, being diagnosed with chronic prostatitis and and given multiple antibiotics, you know, in my field, we, you know, there's always, I always try to make analogy to, you know, to women, what I do. Um, and we see women with so quote unquote chronic vaginitis they keep with yeast infections every mm-hmm. month, every yeah. three weeks, and they're given multiple rounds, multiple, multiple rounds of antibiotics. And also, it's usually due to some pelvic floor issue that we call vulvodynia or yes. vestibulitis. And yes. So I do now I see a, a correlation. Yeah. Uh, and so so. Maybe we're all the same. Maybe, yeah. you know. And, uh, okay, that's number one. Number two, all right, I, this is for my guys out there, right? They're all okay. listening to me. They want to ask the questions that they that, that's on their mind. Okay. All right, yes. Becca, you're a female. You're yes. A <laughs> vulva owner, sorry. Yes. Um, and I'm going to go in there. It sounds like I have to get naked in front of you. Is that true? Not necessarily. So... First, we're looking at spinal alignment. Yeah. Okay. So we'd want probably just your shirt off. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to look at spinal mobility. Right. Right. All right. Uh, And then what I usually have the gentlemen do is, you know, keep on their boxer briefs. Right. And I work around that in the beginning. It just can be too overwhelming. Right. But eventually. Oh, yes. You got to get there. Yes. To do the biofeedback, you have to. Yes. You got to get there. Yep. All right, all right. So, again, this I'm 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 the patient. I'm mm-hmm. the guy. I'm the guy. All right, I gotta go and see Becca. You know, all right. I'm gonna take off my clothes. She's gonna get in there. Right, this is on everybody's mind. Of course, spoken or unspoken. I know. Right? I know. What happens if something happens? If I get an erection? Yes. We could say erection. We, okay. We, but we, 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 okay. We, we, what happens there? You're, you're going to laugh at me. You're going to like scream, run out of the room, and tell me to get my pervert butt out of your office, right? No. No? You're no. not? You're not? Mm-mm, not at all. All right. Not at all. I uh, see that, but not, it's really not that common. Uh, in, in part because what, in order to get 
an erection that is not a reflexive reaction. Right. Right. So that's the morning erection. That's a reflex. Okay. I was going to say, what do you mean by reflexive? Right. Right. So in order for a man to have an erection in the office, he would need to be a little bit more calm. Right. Right. So we need parasympathetic input. We need calm input for a good erection. And they're not going to be calm. And that's. We wouldn't expect calmness. But if an erection happens, totally normal, totally fine. You're okay. No big deal. No, you're not going to judge. You're not going to look down upon. No. See, this this is what I would worry about. I would worry about two things. Okay. All right. If it was me, worry about two things. A, that's number one. Okay. And B, what if I didn't get an erection? You're going to think, oh, he's got erectile dysfunction. You know, I... I touched his the sensitive areas and nothing happened. So then I would worry that I didn't get an erection. Right. So then you oh, you would you would judge me as being uh, impotent or or, le- or less of a man. Can I tell you that this is why I love treating men so much? Because what? I'm seeing all this vulnerability that they never show the world. See that? I, Everything I, you said right there yeah. reveals what you and every other man is thinking. Right. But men won't say this. I, I I didn't want to say it either. I just, See? just it just happened. You bravely went there, right? Because you know we're in my office and I'm in my comfortable zone, my my environment. And all your clothes are on. My clothes are on. Oh, you oh. didn't have. Well, <laughs> just, yes, to clarify, I usually keep my clothes on during the podcast. Sometimes I don't, but you know, but that's just me. But, so yes, right. My clothes are our clothes are on. I'm comfortable, etc. So oh, that's why you like. Initially, you have the clothes on and stuff. Just uh, yeah, know. the interview portion, yeah. definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, okay, all right. Yeah, because that's what that's what's on, was on my mind. I was yeah. wor- I worried about. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I had a right have an erection or, or didn't, and which would be worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm ve- we're very vulnerable, us men. We're, we're a vulnerable bunch. Yes. Uh, we have all these thoughts. Yes. All right. So you're okay with either? Yes. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Doesn't whatever. matter. Whatever. Whatever, whatever happens, happens. All right. Okay. Those those are my my two my concerns. All right. All right. So tell me. All right. So now that we're comfortable. All right. Yes. We're comfortable with each other. So all right, Becca. I didn't want to tell you this during our interview, but uh, of course I'm it's hypothetical now. Hypothetical. I'm I'm your patient. I'm mm-hmm. the patient. You mentioned erectile dysfunction. I didn't say it earlier because I was embarrassed. But yes, I'm having it, and. Um, you know, I'm older now and mm. things are different now and I'm worried, you know, every time I watch a football game, there's a Viagra Cialis and they're bombarding me. Yes. So now I'm thinking about it and maybe, you know, they got to be telling me this for a reason. Yeah. And I think, yeah, now I think they're right. Maybe there is, you know, yeah. I'm not 20 anymore and, right. you know. You know, and like a, a cool breeze doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> What's wrong with me? What should now, 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 yeah, you got me. All right. I, I have it. What do I do? What are you going to do for me? So what I ask first is when did that start? So just yeah. give me a hypothetical a in hypothetically, your life. What happened, Jim? Um, you know, maybe five years ago, you know, maybe when I turned 50, Okay. And, uh, you know, job is stressful. Mm-hmm. It's a stressful job. Hypothetically, my job is not stressful. No. Not Hypothetically, my job is stressful. You know, you know, kids are in college and it's, you know. Empty nests. Empty nests. Mm-hmm. Empty nests. And, uh, you know, so, so yeah, that's when I start, I, I, you know, hypothetically started noticing this. Yes. Okay, and so yeah. that's what we would go after. The life-changing event that happened five years ago, and it's different for everybody. And some people, they don't piece this together until they're sitting there talking. Right. And they'll say, oh, my gosh, my um, I have a patient now that I'm treating in Florida, and he started to notice uh, different bowel patterns and urinary patterns when his wife was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh, And he didn't know this until he started coming to PT. Uh And I said, what happened two years ago? And he put it all together. Oh, that's why. It's because the nervous system is so tied into erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And the nervous system is tied into having bowel movements and peeing because all of those are parasympathetic activities. All right, so for those... 
of us who don't know what sympathetic and parasympathetic, can you give me a brief overview? What does that mean? You, yes. you said that before, parasympathetic, nervous, sympathetic. What does that mean? Okay, so your sympathetic nervous system is what is activated when you are in the forest and there's a tiger staring at you and you know you need to run. So that's fight or flight. Right. It's going to activate all of your big muscles to run away, jump, and escape harm. Okay. Okay? Got it. Your parasympathetic system is actually active when you are happy and calm. And in order for you to empty your bladder completely, to have good bowel movements, studies are showing that you need to be in a calm space to do that, right? Right. And also sex. So sex is one of those pleasant little extras in life, right? <laughs> and and it, it happens when you're in a good headspace. Right. Right? And so right. look at COVID, okay? Look what COVID did to all of us. It drove us all into a very heightened sympathetic so we're all, response. So we're right. all stressed out right now. Right. So that's when we saw such an uptick in pelvic pain, urinary problems, bowel problems, and a huge plummet in sex drives for everybody. Because everybody's all clenched. Yep, they're clenched. We're all clenched. Mm -hmm. So sympathetic is clenched. Yes. All right. What's parasympathetic? Parasympathetic is calm. The opposite. Yes, that feeling after an orgasm where your whole pelvis is open and happy. It's like there's light beams coming out of it. <laughs> That's parasympathetic. All right. Light beams is not a medical problem. That's you speaking metaphorically, right? <laughs> yes. Because <if, laughs> yes. there's really light beams, probably should see somebody. <laughs> so, okay. So I get it. I get it. So... So an erection is from the parasympathetic. Yes. Because yes. you are relaxed. Yes. But what about ejaculation? There I said it. Ejaculation is sympathetic. So it's that explosive boom at the end. But again, you're not going to have the good explosion unless you have the parasympathetic slow buildup of arousal. So it's muscle lengthening. The testicles are getting engorged with blood. That is all parasympathetic waves of activity. So you need a good balance. You do. Of the two. They, and, they go hand in hand. Yes. And so if you think about how complex that is. So in the beginning of arousal, you're watching a movie. Right. You see a very attractive person. That's sympathetic. Oh, you That's said movie. Fight I, or thought, flight. I thought you meant porn. Well, that too. That's right. Okay. Right. right. Okay. I mean, I don't know. So that's... That's what I've been told. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> right. There are a lot of people who watch porn, I'm sure. I've heard. I'm sh yeah, right. I've heard. I know. About it. You know. <laughs> so that and... <laughs> Sometimes I've done research. Because yes. I have to do research for my for my job. I think that's crucial. It's almost like a, a sommelier who drinks wine for work. I mean, you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's mm. research. It is. It is. So, oh, okay, go ahead. I'm all right. So, uh, so you're watching a movie, right? You're watching a movie, right. and all of a sudden you get the stirrings of an erection. That's your sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Then you continue. Parasympathetic. No, sympathetic huh. is the first oh. boom. Oh, oh. so. Ooh, oh. something's up. That's that so sudden erection. In, all right. So it works in. Okay, okay go ahead. So, sympathetic first. Yes. Then the slow buildup is parasympathetic. Oh, and that's when we start to hear, you know, that bad porn, soft jazz. Bounce, chicka, bounce, bounce. That's it. Right, that's it. Now we're in parasympathetic Again, from mode. research. I don't know. If that, yeah. Right, from research. Right? Uh -huh. Right. And then comes the explosive climax. We're back into the sympathetic nervous system. All right. Okay. And right. then after that. Ooh, that's like when people used to smoke the cigarettes back right. in the eighties. Not that we condone that anymore. Right. No. 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 no smoking now the you you should just cuddle. Cuddle. Right. It's all about the cuddle. Right. So think that was four different switches your body Sorry, made. Sorry, guys. I threw the I, I, <laughs> I, I caved. I threw the cuddle in there. I didn't want to. That's really when you go to sleep, right? Although yes. that's yeah. why you that, isn't that why like you want to go to sleep after yeah. an orgasm? Yes. Like, you're just because your your parasympathetic now is yes. Is just, uh, you know. It's in charge now. It's and in so charge. that was four switches your body made for one orgasm. Four. That's hard to do. And it's automatic transmission. It's like, yeah. you, you can't even. Your like, body naturally switches back and forth, and you are not really in control not, of that. Not a <laughs> stick. That's a bad analogy because it really is. But so, yeah, so. So yeah, and you and you, and you don't even think about these things like in your head. You just no. it just it just happens. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you think about it, then it's it's bad. It's worse because it doesn't work when no. you when you're thinking about it. No, nope. Oh. 
Isn't the human body wonderful? It's wonderful. And interesting. Yeah. But not always. When it works against you. Right. But that's why we have people like you. And you. And me to help. Yeah. We're like team, teammates. That's right. <laughs> All right. All right, so we got. Okay, we went over Paris. Okay, so all right, so this is all related to. So how? Okay, so take me now. How does that relate to the pelvic floor? How does your sympathetic and parasympathetic, uh, you know, affect your pelvic floor? Okay, so remember how we said there's a tiger in the woods. Your yeah. sympathetics, your sympathetics are going to cause blood to be shunted to the big muscles mm-hmm. and away from reproductive organs and such. Right. Okay, That's right. going to tighten pelvic floor. Right. Sympathetic tightens pelvic floor. Right. Parasympathetic drops pelvic floor and Uh, lengthens pelvic floor. So you have to lengthen your pelvic floor for three activities. Peeing, pooping, having sex. So if you're in a constant state of high alert, you're not going to be able to do these things well. All right. So we're getting down to it. All right. So I'm having erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. All right. And you're going to assess my pelvic floor because you're seeing if it's tight or loose. And that actually affects my erection. Yes. So, because, because, you know, the usual question I would, people would ask me is, all right, how is pelvic floor physical therapy going to, going to help my erection? Right. Which is what I'm having problems with. Because it seems like such a, an enormous leap. Yeah. It's right. right. It seems like, all right, it's close. I know it's close by, but you sure it's affecting that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So in order to assess the pelvic floor, we actually try to relax some of the surrounding bigger muscles. And those would be your butt cheeks. Uh People with tight pelvic floors, they're going to clench their butts all day. And they are, are often not aware of this. So we relax those muscles. We relax the inner thigh muscles uh-huh. and the belly. So there's lots of nerve endings in the belly. We want this person to calm down during the exam. Right. That's what we want. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So I'm now I'm starting to get it. Now, I heard mm. rumor. Tell me if it's true or not. I heard you have to do a rectal exam. Okay. A you- butt exam. <laughs> You don't have to, per se, but we get a lot of information from going in there. And here's the reason why. Let's say somebody comes to us for hip pain, and they've gone to an orthopedist, and the orthopedist says, "Eh, I'm not really seeing, I'm not seeing much. Doctors, psh. Yeah. (laughs) So, and let's say. I'm the only one, only doctor I like, by the way. And even then, some days, I, you know, right. I'm, not, I'm not happy with myself. Right. But, go ahead, but go ahead, yes. So let's say that same man also is having urinary issues, and he's leaking urine, and he's like, what is the correlation between my hip pain and leakage, mm-hmm. if any? So if we can get inside of his rectum, we're able to assess what the hip muscles are actually doing and release them because it's it's a bony cave, your pelvis. Right. And there's only certain ways in. For the vulva owners, it's vagina, rectum. Right. And for the penis owners, it's it's the rectum only. Gotcha. Now, doesn't that hurt? And aren't, aren't I going to clench? And is, doesn't, isn't that counterproductive if you're doing that? It's going to feel weird. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that kind of stretching will really allow us to open up those deep muscles of the pelvis. So there's muscles along the back of your sacrum, uh-huh. your tailbone, right? that really need to be stretched. You they, can get to those, huh? Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's so neat. And honestly, people are so weirded out by this in the beginning. And right. then after six months of therapy... We're, we're asking them, and they're asking us, how can I do this at home? Right. So I've taught spouses how to do it and uh, partners. And also there's something called uh, these Therawands where you can put it in there yourself. What? Yeah. Therawands. Therawands. Because you honestly, you feel so much better afterwards. Interesting. So hear that, hear that, guys out there? Mm. But you can't just, you don't go right from high Hawaii to the Therawand. You, no. There's a... There's a progression. No, I need to hear There's, from this man how much he hates his mother-in-law first. Get that off the table. <laughs> well, I would never say. Good. Because you have a good relationship oh, with your mother-in-law. Of course. Okay. She's proud. I'm sure she's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely, so that would have nothing to do with your it, clenching with me. Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe in somebody, other people. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Okay, Becca. So, all right. So, after the initial assessment, mm-hmm. you okay? Somebody they finally admitted the real issue. They were there, um, and you do your assessment. Yes. And so now, what comes next? There's a plan. Yes. I assume. I'm yes. assuming. And and so tell me about what the plan would be. Okay. And what and what goals are we looking for? Okay. And what, what can we expect? Yes. Aren't these great questions? They're wonderful. I feel questions. like I'm an informed consumer. Yes. What what am I to what am I to expect, Becca? Okay. So let's say <laughs> that Ironside. we have treated this gentleman and we've discerned that he has a tight pelvic floor, mm-hmm. which may be impacting peeing, arousal. And he's told, he's given me all this information. That's great. Yay, wonderful. We would then devise a plan to engage his parasympathetic system more, right? Mm -hmm. And teach him tactics Mm -hmm. on how to fully empty his bladder, how to have better bowel movements by simply waking up earlier in the morning, trying to poop at home versus getting into the office where everything is going on. Because you're not going to have a bowel movement in a stall if somebody that you can't stand is in the stall next to you. Because your nervous system won't allow it. Right. Right? Yeah. Right. Right? Without question. Yes. So we also might tell this man, hydrate more. Maybe he's drinking uh, Mountain Dew all day. Yeah. And so that's going to impact his urinary stream big time. Lots of caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mountain Dew, not not so good for... Terrible. for, For that, right? Terrible. Hmm. Artificial sweeteners, that's another biggie. They're so bad for the bladder. They just irritate the crap out of it. I know, and but it pushes sugar, everything. sugar's bad too. Well, they're both bad. Oh, God. As, well. <laughs> as, as I have a diet snapple right in front of me, by the way. <laughs> Ooh, hey, we're, I, can say, I can say brand names. We're not, we're not sponsored. Unless we want to be. There you go. Uh, I'll, I'll hear from Snapple. Absolutely. Yeah, why not? Uh, okay. So, so you go, so so you have, you give a treatment plan and yes. you see them a certain number of times, yes. like like once a week. Yeah, it's usually once a week. Once a week sounds, and then for yeah. and then once they, I guess they see improvement. You, yes, you teach them how to do things at home. Yes, a lot of this is lifestyle modification. Huge okay. portion of this is when are you eating? What are you eating? Um, when are you trying to have sex? Are you trying to have sex after you work 10 hours in the office? It's just not a great time. Your pelvic floor muscles are tired. It's the end of the day. You're pissed off. You should be having morning sex. Morning. What if you're really tired in the morning? Set your alarm. <laughs> where, where are your priorities, Dr. Pierce? I'm not saying me. Why are, you, why are you looking at me? I'm just saying for my guy friends out there. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they tell me, you know, like us guys, you know, we were sitting at the bar and yeah. we're talking about our sex lives. Like we always, we really don't. You don't? This is like women do this all the time. Yeah, they do. Men, you'll never get more than like a little chuckle out of us. Hey. hey. <laughs> but, but details, we do not do details. Details are private. Yeah, I will are. tell you the secret, but guys, we, we don't discuss sex at, at all. Mm-hmm. So anywho, that being said, mm-hmm. um, while we're around, you know, telling each other, they, they say, oh, you know, morning, I'm just kind of getting going. I'm trying to get out of bed. I'm tired. You know, we went to bed late. I watched the game. Okay. You know, I got to bed late and I, and I, need, I need some breakfast. Can I, can I at least have breakfast? Yes. Like a, Yes. All we want is for you to be calm. Okay. So just, whenever that time you're is. You're just looking for calmness. Calm, no toddlers. Right. You know. Oh, kids kill the sick. They, oh, I know they do. Kids. I know. Oh. They're their own birth control, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So, um, okay, Becca. I have, so I, I think I wrote down some things I, I learned from doing research Ooh. and I wanted to run them, like, run them by you. Okay. Like, like. Tell me, tell me if you've heard of these things. What's pudendal neuralgia? Okay. So the pudendal nerve is a very small branch off of the sciatic. And most people know the sciatic. That's why I reference it. Anyway, it supplies in men the penis, the testicles, and the rectum. So Those are important things. Very. 
Huge Those are three healing. important things. Yeah, very. I just wanted to point out. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So people with pudendal neuralgia have uh, a, the nerve that supplies those things, and it's flared up and angry and irritated. So the, that person can get penile pain, testicular mm. pain, rectal spasms. It's it's almost like a hot poker is in there. It is. Ow, ouch, yeah. Becca. It's a tough condition. So that's something definitely somebody would be seeing you for, yes. right? Yes, and they would, they would also likely need other professionals. Uh-huh. So first, some injections into oh. the nerves. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That's a toughie. All right. Um, so how do you know you have it? It's just like a... You, we call it a diagnosis of exclusion. Yes. They check everything else everything. out. Everything. And everything's negative. Yeah. And your penis burns or your yes. testicles burn. Yes. I mean, there's guys that have come to me who have that and say, I wish I had chlamydia. I would do anything for this to be an STI. Because you just take antibiotics That's and it. it's done. And it's gone. This is chronic. Yeah. Aha. Aha. All right. So that's interesting pudental neural oh, that doesn't sound good at all no no it's, it's quite rough <laughs> so and you work with that mm-hmm. yes and you have success yes oh, cool because you know again i've seen a lot of in my research uh guy yeah guys complain of penile pain you know oh uh, like are you really a pe-? my penis but it's real it, it could is. be that's probably could be that how do you get it where does it come from Tight musculature, often. More clenching. Clenching. Also, maybe if you have a job where you sit all day, like you're sedentary. Sitting is, yes. Yeah, it's right? It's really tough. And there's something, I know that this isn't well established in the literature, but guys with a type A personality, a lot of lawyers, Wall Street <laughs> people. They're all, they're clenched to they're, the, the gills. They really are. Yeah. Interesting. The, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a Fleetwood Mac song, uh, and it was Stevie Nicks, and it is rulers make bad lovers. Oh, you better put your kingdom up for sale. Oh, right, that, that makes sense, right? Yes. Rulers make bad lovers because they're so nervous and tense. That is such a good analogy. That was, oh as was me with Stevie. Gosh, <laughs> whoa, <with> <laughs> that's right? a great quote. I thought, I thought I always liked that quote, and I guess I, I like never really knew where she was coming from. Yeah, I didn't um, either. Is Goldust Woman is the song. From fantastic. Fleetwood Mac Rumors, 1976. Huh. I'm into vinyl, classic rock. That's, That's awesome. one of my things. I should do some podcasts on that, by the way. You should. All right. All right. So, all right. So, interesting. You don't know. What is Peyronie's disease? Oh. What's okay. that? Well, there's a lot more information about that than ever before, which is really good. So, it is basically the buildup of plaques along the penis, which is going to cause the penis to bend and curve in a certain direction. So, let's say that the man, the penis owner, starts to develop plaques on the left side of his penis. His penis is going to bend towards the left. And Mm -hmm. sometimes the curvature is very mild, and other times it is like a candy cane. So, you can't really have sex with a candy cane. No. And sometimes it's accompanied with pain, and sometimes it isn't. How do you get plaques? Like, do you get plaques everywhere else? I don't really know. Honestly, what I see a lot of is guys after prostate cancer treatments, when their prostate is removed, mm-hmm. they stop using their penis. Okay. A lot of them stop having sex altogether, and that, that can then develop it. So it's atrophy, not using it. But in other people, it's just very young men, and they don't really know what's causing it. It's not for masturbation, is it? <laughs> No. No. <laughs> no, although it's I don't from, know. It's not from like aggressive masturbation. Could be maybe. Because that's it... what they told me when I was young. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Did it deter you? Uh, no comment. Okay. Okay. So sometimes, and I've seen this in a handful of guys, they were No, mad. it did not deter Okay. okay. <laughs> we're, we're from me and you, Becca, where I have nothing to hide from you. So, yeah. See, and masturbation is so healthy and normal, and that's something I encourage my patients to do with, uh, with any degree of pelvic pain because they stop using their penises, and that's going to worsen the extensibility, the elasticity of the tissues. So, so okay. You have to keep using it. So to correlate... It's, I, you know, tell women after menopause who want to stop having sex because it hurts. You know, it's like you got to use it or lose it. Same you, thing for men too, it's, right? It's precisely the case. In fact, and let's just bounce to women for a second. Okay. 
I took this vulva class recently. They had all these vulvas you could see. It was Zoom, obviously, but the 20-year-old vulva, the postpartum vulva, the 40-year-old vulva, and then the 70-year-old vulva. And what you see is without the estrogen, as you know, the vulva is going to atrophy and the, uh, the, just the general appearance of it will just be a lot more saggy. So they, in the class, they encouraged women in their 70s and 80s to masturbate if only for strength and pliability of the tissues, and that will prevent urinary leakage. So I have moved to Florida, yes. and it is my goal to spread the word to women in their 70s and 80s, masturbating, if only for your continence. And what type of reaction do you get? from um, Well, people are very open in Florida about sex at a much later age. You, yeah, you were telling me that before yeah. we started the podcast. They are so into Florida it. is it. Sexual for... hotspot. Interesting. So anyway, I'm so sorry. Let's go back to your yes. Peroni's question. Okay. All right. Back to Peroni. So Peroni's, uh, the numbers are bad for this. They say one in every 10 men at some point may develop Peroni's. That's high. That's really high. I and, know. And that, yeah, because I never heard of it and now I'm seeing it on television. All the time. Right? All the time. So, okay. What do you do for Peroni's? How do you, how well, do you, help, how do you help the... Okay. We that. have helped by doing... Um, an ultrasound protocol developed by Joanne Milios, and she is sort of like the penis guru in Australia. And so she did her own study, and she found that doing ultrasound over the plaques for a span of 12 visits with using certain parameters decreased the curvature. However, if that's not enough, because yeah. the curvature is so dramatic. It's dramatic. Yes. They can get injections from a urologist. Okay. And they're finding that those the product is Cyaflex, I believe, and they're finding it's highly effective. Okay, uh, so there's help. Oh yeah, for the Peronis. Yep. All right, but uh, it's stigmatizing because it's your penis and you're a guy and it's your everything, so you can understand the turmoil. You you do understand it's, me, us. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, all right. So get, getting back getting back to masturbation. Yes. So it was. I just saw this comedian. It was really, really funny. It was just, the, he, he goes that, you know, men don't use, white men don't use lotion on their bodies at all. They like. They don't. They it's don't true. at all. Yeah. Except on their penis. Because of, <laughs> so they say, you ever see an older guy? His skin is like all, you know, dried and flaky, but his penis looks like a, <laughs> yeah. like a teenage. Yeah. Because, yes. yeah, so use lotion, guys. Yeah, definitely. Right? Lotion up. Definitely. That was a sidebar. All right. Oh, it was a great sidebar. All right. Uh, premature ejaculation. Can you help with that? I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yes. I, I haven't had great success. No. Me personally. Okay. And I think in part because the people who have it who've come to me, this is unfortunate, they've developed it, anxiety, stress, right? Right. And Perhaps they're with women who are past menopause and have no interest in sex. Uh-huh. So it's very hard to test the theory if you're not able to do the homework. Right. Gotcha. Right. Right. So the, the treatment protocol for that is basically to desensitize the penis. There's certain ways of masturbating where you can hold off ejaculation. Right. Don't they call that sensate focusing or something like that? Oh, right? sensate focus is amazing, actually. Oh, it is? That works. Okay. That's from Masters and Johnson. Did you know that? I, wa- I, I watched the miniseries. It was so Ma- good, Masters right? Masters of Sex. Masters of Sex. Yes. So the, uh, the idea behind sensate focus is that it's for people who, for whatever reason, have pain or difficulty with sexuality. So it takes the burden off the climax for the person who's having the difficulty. So there's four different stages. And the first stage is you would touch each other as a couple. You're not touching the genitalia. Uh-huh. Right? Right. You're not. And the goal is not climax. The second stage is, I believe you can start to touch the breasts and or genitalia. But again, you're not working towards climax. You stop. Okay. The third step. Sounds like high school. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like the four bases. The third step is you can do everything. No climax, I believe. And then the fourth is But you have to be like going steady for a year. 
It's, it's, let me tell you. Yeah, that is true. Especially then. I'm sure it's more like three months now. Oh, oh yeah. Now, oh. I'm sure it's like three weeks. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Times do change. Yeah. But Sensei Focus works, but it needs two willing partners. Okay. They both have to be on board. Yeah. Well, this is a, a team sport. Mm hmm. Yeah. Team sport. Um, all right. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I left it for last, but I guess now you deal a lot with men who had prostate cancer. Yes. And how do you help with them? Well, okay, so there's a few things that happen. So the treatment of prostate cancer is usually removal of the prostate and or radiation. Right. Right? And so what those things do is removal of the prostate is going to cause scar tissue, and it's right in that region where the pelvic floor muscles must do their thing, plus they're removing one of the sphincters that controls urination. Mm. So these men are likely to have some degree of urinary leakage and erectile dysfunction, the radiation crowd, they're going to have post-fibrotic scarring, uh -huh, right? right? And right, so that's right. going to render the pelvic floor muscles less elastic and less able to open and close as they once did. So that would also be erectile dysfunction, urinary leakage. And we help by assessing the lineup of the pelvis. How's everything looking? We're going to strengthen certain core muscles that are going to assist the pelvic floor muscles in doing their job once more. We're going to put them on a voiding program so that their bladder gets used to peeing at certain times every day. And then for the sex, we can suggest things like penile pumps uh -huh. and penile rings. In fact, a lot of my men down in Florida are told by the doctor, here's a penile pump, use it right. after the prostate removal. I was not seeing that in New Jersey. Oh, it's, well, they're, it's advanced. It, yes. Go figure. So, fellas, maybe go to take a trip to Florida if there's a, if there's a <laughs> prostate issue, or, or you know, maybe that's the place to retire. You know, you just yeah, you just think you know, right? Made that well. Of course, I guess people have found that out before. Yes, a lot of people retire in Florida. Yes, but a lot of people again in their 80s still right. having sex. I find this encouraging. That's very encouraging. Yeah, very encouraging. All right. Becca. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. So back to the yeah. quick question, prostate cancer thing. So now I don't know if you want to comment or not, but usually men are told they, sh they could either have surgery or radiation. Mm -hmm. In your perspective, seeing the effects, you know, the uh, erectile dysfunction, urinary leakage, et cetera, et cetera. If you had to tell somebody which they should do. Not, I mean, of course, everybody's different mm -hmm. and everybody has to do their own research, et cetera. But what, in your, your perspective, what do you suggest? This has to do with the individual. So there's two kinds of people when it comes to cancer. There is the person who says, I want it out. I cannot fall asleep at night knowing there is a cancer cell within me that's been identified. And those people get radiation. Right. No, I'm no, sorry. No, they get, they get my bad. They get surgery. Those people get surgery. Right. And then there's the person who says, I like my prostate. Right. I really want to spend the rest of my life with it. <laughs> so let's leave it in there and let's radiate. Let's see what happens. And I've seen good and bad results on both. It often, a big indicator is what was the health of the person prior to the cancer. Right. If they were relatively healthy, either option, they're probably going to rebound nicely. Okay. But if they weren't. Right. Not as good. Right. So yeah. key is to stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Eat right. Exercise. Yes. Meditate. Yeah. Right? Mind, body. Do you meditate? I don't think so. I don't. I don't either. I don't. I not like, like I don't like not officially. Like, I don't like go home and stuff. I okay. Mean, I I try to relax, but I relax by like watching baseball <laughs> or football that's good that's my relaxation that's great or listening to music like Fleetwood Mac and Stevie, yes. Nicks, Stevie and, Nicks and rulers make bad lovers that is so you better awesome. put your kingdom up for sale gentlemen all right wow. okay Becca <laughs> this was wonderful thank you so okay much. did now did I not mention anything that you wanted to discuss how about your book tell us about your book Oh, yeah, put, plug the book. Oh, okay. Plug so, <laughs> come on. There's some books out there about the male pelvis, and they're written in the nonfiction platform, and that's awesome because these books are great. But I happen to be a lover of fiction, and so it was my boss who said years ago, "You know what? What if you wrote a story about little vignettes of people with pelvic problems?" 
And then you tied in the science behind it. And I was like, oh. Interesting. Oh. So I started to write it, and there's five characters, and they all have different problems. And um, I don't know. I grew so attached to these characters that I was, like, sad when the book was done. Because to me, they're, like, very good friends. That means you write another book. Yes. Right? Yeah, I Isn't have that, to. Yeah, you just do another book. Yeah. And they're alive again. Yes. No, you're right. And then maybe you could bring in others to, in there, you know. Yeah. Right? You'd like add on. You know, I hadn't even thought about that, but the guy who edited my book. I will book, be your manager from now on. I will please. Be your, you know, I, will. I need the help. <laughs> but the guy who edited the book, he said, you should have all these men somehow have their lives be intertwined from their pain. And I said, that's not realistic. Because yeah. guys are not going to say my balls hurt to their friends. I told you, we sit at the bar yeah. and we don't discuss that no. at all. No. Unless like one of us like adjust, like, hey, what's, what's the matter? Uh, nothing. I'm good. Yep. We just yep. had to adjust. <laughs> that's it. That's the conversation. Adjust. And then everybody's like, all right, cool. <laughs> you see the Yankees? See what they did last night? Woo! That Aaron Judge, baby. <laughs> That's our conversation. Yeah. 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 We just discussed our relationships and, you know. Yeah. That's it. All yeah. right. <laughs> All right. No, no. Yeah, I agree with you that, no, you don't have them intertwined. You just add add more characters to their, and you expand. Existing stories. Expand on their existing stories. Oh. And then, you know, take it from there. Oh, what a great idea. All right. Volume, on the sneak tip, volume two. But you have to call it something else. Okay. Right? So, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure, right, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. And then we'll put it out. Yes. I'll only take 10%. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, no, for the, thanks for the business management. No big, no big whoop. <laughs> All, right. All right, Becca. It was wonderful. This was a great, I thought, a great podcast. I think it's going to be informative for not just the men out there, but the, the partners of the men mm-hmm. um, who, you know, who want to get involved and maybe have help them help themselves. Yes. Right? Yes. That's also in the song. <laughs> that's in the Paul Simon, that's in the in the oh, Mrs. Yes. Robinson. Yes it we is. Got, we help help you learn to help yourself. Wow. Wow. I'm gonna do a podcast just on, on music. You have to. Right? Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Pierce. All right, Becca Ironside. Uh, everybody look for her book called On the Sneak Tip, The Male Pelvis Revealed. And Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.